This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author from My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. A very happy new year to everyone, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Alexis Thompson. She is a board-certified coach, keynote speaker, executive coach, a member of the Forbes Coach Council, and creator of the Tribal Gratitude Journal. Through her own practice and education, and work as a leadership coach, Alexis found that gratitude is the key to living a life by design. With the Tribal Gratitude Journal, anyone can begin to unlock doors and see the beauty in themselves and the world around them. Alexis and I will be having a conversation about her spiritual journey and how the Tribal Gratitude Journal can help transform your life through gratitude, curiosity, and self-awareness. Good morning, Alexis. Happy 2018 to you, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Johnny. I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year back to you. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. The Tribal Gratitude Journal is beautifully designed and crafted. The content is equally rich and extremely engaging, and it is a definite journal that everyone needs to get if they're interested in the quest of a new year, a new you. So congratulations, Alexis. Thank you. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Yeah, this question, I was like, wow, because I'm in my 50th year, and I'm like, how do I abridge 50 years? Let's see (laughs) how well I can do this. So I am originally from the um, state of Vermont. Uh, Mm I did all of my growing up years there in the same house, um, with two brothers and my mom and dad. I, in 1998, um, moved to Texas with a job relocation and my two children. Um, I have a daughter who's 26, I guess, and a son who's 25 now. One lives here. My daughter lives in Texas and my son lives in Washington State, just uh, finished his uh, six years in the Air Force and is figuring out the world on his terms in in Seattle area. Uh the probably the key points along my journey were what, how did I get from Vermont to Texas? Cause that was like moving from one country to another, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what moved, what got me here was a job relocation. And at that point I was working with a missing children's organization. Uh, and we had some sponsorship opportunities in Texas and I moved down to the Houston area to um, manage those relationships and, kind of grow the awareness for the missing children's um, body of work. Uh, in that time, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about, uh, I would say that's probably where gratitude seeped in pretty quickly for me because I was also working with families that were experiencing 
the fact that their child was missing and some were recovered and some weren't. Uh, and in that space of that missing children's conversation, which is I think most parents probably one of the top three worst nightmares, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, we would exp- what I was beginning to experience was, was in those moments of deep desperation that many family units and parents were coming together looking for the positive or trying to figure out how to take this literally living hell that they were experiencing and find grace inside of it to get them from where they were to where they needed to get to as a family unit. So that was probably in my young adult life, because I guess in my late 20s, the first awareness that I had about how beautiful Mm. that act is when you're in desperate spaces. Um, And so I started to figure out what is this thing, and I started to do my own exploration, and how can I, who has so much, be so humble and gracious with myself and others? And so that brought me into the gratitude research that I started um, working on there. Um, And that's kind of how I got, well, it's not kind of, it's how I got my own gratitude practice started um, in the uh, late, uh, I guess it would be right around 99 is probably when I started my first formal gratitude practice. And it was specifically around, um, a missing girl in the uh, Woodlands area named Melissa Trotter and the experience that I had with her and her family um, prompted that activity to actually be more formalized. It's an interesting way to come into gratitude, probably. I, and until you had put this question for me to ponder and be able to converse with you about, I don't know that I was extremely aware of that connection point, and I'm thankful that I am now very aware of that. So thank you for that. You're welcome. One of the things interesting about your talk when you journey through life, it seems like you were searching for something. And is that how you sort of eventually became a coach? Yeah. So um, I was searching for something which led me into, because I was really working on what are my strengths? What am I just naturally good at so that I could do that more and not be so frustrated in my work experience of my life? Um, so I entered into the executive recruiting space, and that was a really good fit for quite a, quite a few years. It was profitable. It was exciting, but it was very transactional. And what I found was that many of the people that I was recruiting would accelerate into their leadership roles, and we created relationship, and they would ask for help. So mm-hmm. it was in that, that was kind of the bridge into, okay, well, now I actually want to help these people be successful and I went and got my coaching certifications and my, you know, my degrees aligned with leadership and mm-hmm. executive coaching to support me in that growth. Very interesting. You have mentioned about the fact that realizing gratitude and its impact from a slow process of journeying in your life. Was there a specific life's epiphany that led you to really embrace the concept of gratitude being the magical pill, so to speak? Yeah, I would say there's probably two. One I kind of shared with you with the missing children's um, Mm -hmm. venue. And the one that preceded that that I think probably was the crack in my armor was having gone through a divorce and Mm -hmm. um, and kind of the the trauma that that leaves. It did for me anyway, and and becoming a single mom for, for a while. So I would say that's what started. And then moving into seeing people under pressure display grace was became something I wanted to be able to manifest for myself. When did you experience making it into a lifestyle? 
it shifted from a job to a career because a job is something that you do to pay bills. I'm sure you've experienced that. And then a career sure. is rather a hobby that you do and you get paid for it. Yes. So I would say that, that the, the manifestation of moving from executive coach or executive mm-hmm. recruiter into the coaching space um, and, and even the current evolution that I'm working through right now into author and speaker have, mm-hmm. have had pivotal events that all came from my gratitude practice. And so that's why it's a huge anchor. So through the gratitude practice, I was able to kind of learn my patterns and start to align my behavior and my life situations with my values. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to mine for a really clean vision statement that allowed me to get very focused about the work that I do and how I do it and with whom I do it with. Very, very interesting. Were you always spiritual in your life, or is that something that certain things happen and you slowly gravitate towards spirituality? Yeah, so I grew up in in Vermont. My um, family for many generations is Catholic, so I grew up with a religious framework for a long time. And I will tell you that that framework um, was a place I went to a lot of my life for um, prayer and and I didn't know at the time, but what I would now call meditation. So while it was a good anchor for me, I began to outgrow the construct of it and the um, and religion constructs in general. So I began to explore many different um, ways that people experienced, you know, Eastern and Western displays mm-hmm. for spirituality and religion. And that's been, I would tell you, just in the past, that was at least a decade and a half worth of work. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm settling into what spirituality and connectedness um, and peacefulness and joy are for the collective of humanity and not necessarily a religious faction. In your journey in putting together the gratitude journal, obviously you have gone through yourself to the highs and the lows of life. How low was the low and how high were the highs? Yeah, so... Um, in the beginning of my life, I would say I was a young person who actually liked extremes. So the peaks were extremely high and the lows were extremely low. Um, I think, I don't know if this is just a life experience age kind of thing, but I've mellowed out a lot. Things aren't, you know, I just don't get worked up about too much anymore. I, just, I think that's probably because I know what my flow feels like. I know what it feels like when it's disrupted and how to get myself back into a state of um, peacefulness to move through the disruption. So it's not so much that the the peaks and the valleys don't come because that's life. I think it's more my reaction and my willingness to be wherever that peak or valley is and not try to force the other one to be the reaction to the one I'm in at the time. Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question very well. Yes, it did because you were going through the process and you realized that, there are a lot of questions. I think there were a lot of questions in what you just said, and you were trying to look for answers and solutions. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When did the safe space showed up for your soul? I love this question. So um, I can actually tell you that in 2000, I have dates for this one. So in 2005, the... 
awareness, the cognitive awareness, and the soulful alignment to my purpose started to come into my vision. And when I started to see that and feel that and experience that and have it echoed back to me, I got very diligent over the next three years to really fine-tune it in a way that I could use language that anyone would understand or most people would at least be interested in hearing uh, as to why I was on the planet. Like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. What is the impact I'm wanting to leave? And how am I going to do that? And I did that through, um, again, I keep going back to gratitude, but the truth is my gratitude practice and the patterns and things that evolved through that over the decade, decades at that point almost, um, were, were pretty specific and allowed mm-hmm. me to be very focused on creating language to tell you why I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. But it took time. It wasn't, you know, oh, one right. day I just woke up with it. That may happen for some people. But for me, it was a refining process. I have experienced certain things in life, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that experience certain things in life. And somewhere along the line, it is a conscious decision. Do we want to sort of marinate in the negative, or are we continually looking forward for hope? And sometimes in life, when everything at the very bottom of the barrel, you got to look up. And so in a way, as we travel through our journey, it seems like you were holding on to something positive because of perhaps the responsibility that you have with the family and so forth. Somewhere along the line, you went through the process of really understanding all this is part of the learning process. And is an educational process to be the person you are today. Yeah. Yes. How do you apply your concept to the business world? Yeah, that's a um, a good question, and I would say most directly, I apply it with my executive coaching clients. So every executive leader that I am blessed enough to partner with is introduced to the concept of gratitude and actually Mm -hmm. has a formal gratitude practice, which is the impetus for this journal to even exist, honestly. So, so what I, what we find, what I'm finding and what the science, you know, if you read uh, um, Dr. Emmons work, who's kind of the gratitude Mm -hmm. grandfather and gratitude works or Bowman and deals leading with soul, you'll find that when we can be in the space of gratitude that it allows us the choice, which is the peak, the peak piece here, to um, change our filters and suspend judgment. When a leader can do those things, then they actually are able to lead through more innovative lens, um, through a more graceful lens for all the gifts that their team members will bring forward. Um, mm-hmm. Accountability will actually rise because people start to feel seen and heard by you. And when that happens, they actually most often will step into their own greatness and performance will be a byproduct. So there, there are so many seeds that a leader plants through their own personal private gratitude practice that within a year's time, they're starting to reap so many of the personal and practical performances in their business that they look back and we have conversations about how it just changed everything. The whole landscape begins to look different. So it is your recommendation that gratitude should be incorporated into any leadership concept? Yes, absolutely. The thing about this is that 
when when you when you say that to someone, the dilemma then is yes, that sounds good. I might intellectually or heartfully understand it, and I have no idea about how to do it. And that that's, that's where yeah, that's where it gets kind of dicey, right? And mm-hmm. I might let's take it to my health. I might know that I probably should eat more vegetables than I eat candy, and or not so much fast food. But now I travel for a living. And so the choices that are in front of me, how do I make the best with what's in front of me? And so the gratitude practice is, is much like that. It's an evolution. It's not, it isn't just listing things you're grateful, though that, if that's all you do, that's better than nothing. There's actually a, a practice and a deliberateness to it to yield its best benefits. And the journal is a potential way for someone to start accessing that possibility for themselves. Very interesting. You mentioned on your website the abundance-based uh-huh. concept. Please share what that is yeah. with us. Yeah, so this is one where it, when I'm in front of a corporate group, executive group, or a leadership team, this is one we have, we have to have a lot of dialogue about, right? So mm-hmm. first let me start with what abundance-based is not. It does not ignore that some people don't have enough food or clean water. Okay, it's not this Pollyanna um, perspective that there is a plethora of resources for every human being because I don't think that our experience would show that to be true. Mm-hmm. What it is is a more of a mindset um, and probably easier, much easier for someone in America or a very developed country to get to than someone who's really just looking for food and shelter, Right. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we, we, the science sees it in all of those places, both the well-developed and what we would call not-so-well-developed worlds based on your you know, paradigms there. It is the mindset that those things that I need, I do have access to. That I'm connected to you and you're connected to the tree and the tree is connected to the earth and the earth is, has the ocean. And those types of strings and thinking processes that actually allow openings and experiences to happen for people where resources flow in. It doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire. Lord knows I'm not. It doesn't mean that you're um, going to live on in the best penthouse, but it, but it most likely could mean that you have shelter, however that's defined where you are on the planet. And it Mm -hmm. most likely could mean that the resources that you need for yourself and your family. And as a single mom, Lord knows, I've experienced days and months where, you know, I ran out of money and I didn't know where I was going to get milk for the kids. And I walked to the mailbox and in the mailbox, there's a $3.97 check, refund check for something I didn't even know I had entitlement to, but there was the milk. So it's, it's, it has a little bit of magic to it, but it's not sorcery or um, I think it's opening your heart chakras and, all of the parts of who you are and your energy sources to the possibilities of that abundance to come through you to you um, rather than, which I've also been uh, experienced in my life, a scarcity mindset where you start to hoard things. um, You start to believe there isn't enough. And so therefore that Mm -hmm. is what's manifested rather than the possibility that there is. I agree because we are energized by Two separate but equal forces. One is love, and the other side of the equation is fear. So if we manifest ourselves through the process and the energy of fear, then it's actually it's like a black hole. 
we're sucking everything inward rather than expansion through love. That's what I gather from what you just said. Yes, I think that's a great way to say it. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tang, your host, and my guest is Alexis Thompson. She's a board-certified coach, keynote speaker, executive coach, a member of the Forbes Coach Council, and creator of the Tribal Gratitude Journal. Through her own practice, education, and work, Alexis found that gratitude is the key to living a life by design. We are having a conversation about her spiritual journey and how the Tribal Gratitude Journal can help transform your life through gratitude, curiosity, and self-awareness. Alexis, let's talk about your journal. What is the inspiration behind creating the Tribal Gratitude Journal? Uh, the inspiration is that I was weaving the gratitude practice into my executive coaching practice, and I would mail them beautiful leather-bound journals with lots of empty pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I get this book, and they would be like, yeah, okay, now what? <laughs> and so I would walk them through a construct, and I found that um, I was kind of just recreating my own practice, but with more formality to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, got, I started to get just frustrated with having to um, reconstruct it every time I entered into a new conversation with a client. So I went and laid out literally on the back of a paper one day a, a potential format and some things that I knew the journal needed um, and some things that were in the way in some journals that I had used before. So in the design, um, the, every piece of the design of the journal is, is intentional and um, hopefully inspirational. That's the intention behind it. So the impetus was for me to create a tool to hand to people I'm working with. Um, and then once I started doing that, um, it started to take on as anything that you produce or manifest a little bit of an energy source of its own. Um, and it's mm-hmm. starting to find its way into mainstream, not just inside that executive's conversation. The Tribal Gratitude Journal looks beautiful. I have one in my hand. Thank you for sending one to me. I love sure. the overall energy that it brings. It's not some ordinary, cheaply made journal. I could tell you that right now. I've seen a lot of journals out there, and before you know it, it becomes a record book. You know, you write something to record something. This is the journal's journal. <laughs> very, very impressive. Thank you. What does tribal stands for? Yeah, so um, so I there's a the tribal part of this is two parts. One tribal, if you had a had the I, would be community, right? People of like-minded passions moving in, hopefully in a flow in the same direction. And and for that purpose, we've created a gratitude tsunami group uh, on Facebook to have the collective come together and support each other. The why is um, inserted very purposefully um, for a couple of reasons. One. Uh, the first one being that when we start new practices of things, be it the gym, be it a diet, be it this gratitude practice, it actually is a lot of practice. And it takes some hard work and it takes some commitment and it takes falling down and getting up um, probably more times than one wants to admit. And so I wanted the trying of this to be in the space of the, the title so that people understood that we're not looking for perfection. It is, we're looking for 
participation in practice. That is success. Um, that's another reason, like, if you look at the format, you'll see the dates are open-ended. So mm-hmm. what used to mm-hmm. bug me was if I missed a few days of my journal or left it back when I was traveling and I came back and a whole week went by and all those pages were blank, it felt like such failure for me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to create that for anybody in this experience. And the other part is I actually just love the letter Y. I've loved it since a very young girl. And um, mm-hmm. I like it because it's a letter that is probably one of the biggest questions and inquiries that any human being can have about what it is they're up to on um, in this lifetime. Interesting. How should we use the gratitude journal? How does it work? Yeah, so the structure is, I think, pretty simple, but I welcome everybody's, you know, your feedback as you're moving through it. So in the beginning of it, I gave examples, and this is, I was very hesitant to do this because I don't, what I hope won't happen is that someone will read the example and think theirs has to look like that because that's not the truth. The intention for the example is to, to give you ideas, to spark yeah, that's good, but I'd rather do it this way. That would be success for those examples. Um, so you can read through the intentions in the beginning of the book. And when you get to a, uh, a day, you'll see a quote at the top that may or may not move you or inspire you or make you ask a question internally or smile with alignment. It doesn't matter so much as that it's there for you to just open up your mind and your eyes that morning or whenever you start your day. But, of course, I went over the date and the radio buttons for you. I found those things um, important in my journaling, and if it's not important to someone else, certainly can just be skipped. The getting started part is just to start your day in a place of um, enrichment, hopefully joy. I enjoy writing the things I'm grateful for. I will say that some days there's 22 things I want to write there, and some days I have a hard time with putting one down there. So that's all part of the process. The next part you'll see is the is your word for the day, and we're actually in the we're having we're doing the second edition right now because we've sold all the journals, which is exciting. Um, but so you're going to see here it's going to say positive intention in a word or a phrase, because people were kind of giggling when they're like, I use more than one word, and I was like, that's awesome. You can do whatever you want there. <laughs> the idea is that you have something simple in your mind as you're moving through your day. Um, and you can come back to that and just be in the inquiry. And am I currently speaking into and behaving in a way that's congruent with the thing I said I was up to today? Um, and that leads us into the supporting behaviors. I find that if you can articulate what that word looks like for you in your behaviors, that you'll, you'll be more successful in the end of the day. You'll feel more personal pride about how you move through your day. The margin madness areas are scribble areas. It's for whatever you want. I found myself wanting to doodle and color and put some numerology or some stuff in those margins. So that was important to have it there for however someone wants to use it. So you go off, you have your day. Maybe you stuck your word on a sticky note, put it on the steering wheel of your car, and headed to your, to your work day if that's what you get to do um, with your time. You come back and the end of your day and you're in your wrapping up phase and the emotional in, um, inventory is really crucial. Um, when we study motivation or leadership or just humanity, we understand mm-hmm. that emo- evoking emotion 
is really important to get people to move, right? If you think about commercials that you see or um, products that you want to buy, all that marketing is about how they're getting you emotionally hooked. Um, so just a quick inventory of that. It's, but it was interesting, some of the feedback I've gotten is like, I never thought about how I felt about my day. And now I actually mm-hmm. feel like I want to circle one of the two smiley faces. So I'm more deliberate about my supporting behavior so I could have that experience at the end of the day, which is awesome. Um, and then the next section is the part that's the hardest for people. And um, I think it's a Western construct, honestly, that we have a hard time acknowledging what it is we succeeded at or are brilliant at in our lives. Um, that's, you know, the whole positive psychology movement is in support of all of this. So sitting down and being really aware about what it is that day that you actually performed well, that you're proud of, that was congruent to whatever you were up to, um, build self-esteem. And we know that's one of the uh, benefits of a gratitude practice. The magical moments part is really a space where uh, you can do anything you want. I find personally some of those magical moments, because I'm an introvert by nature, mm-hmm. uh, often have to deal with strangers or people I don't know well, uh, an exchange at the post office, someone holding the door open for me, um, any kind of little thing that actually impacted me in a positive way are things that I find I put there. So everybody finds their own pattern in this space. It might be nature. It could be anything, actually. The intention that you take into sleep is really for you to let go of some of the things that you're trying to work through. Maybe you're holding on to them too tightly, and so you can't, you can't actually find a solution um, from big things like world hunger to where <laughs> did I put my car keys. Um, it doesn't really matter, and I've used them for all of those things. Um, and that uh, is just to, the letting go process to let your subconscious do what it does best. And I can't tell you, as I've refined this part of my life, how many times um, if I can't literally find something in my life, I physically find it. I just, if I don't need it, I let it go. And the next morning I can walk right to it. It's beautiful. And in the doodling space, I've seen all kinds of people do really cool stuff in that musing space um, from by, by Bible verses that speak to people or other Mm -hmm. quotes or whatever they want to do. Lots of drawing and colorful things going on there as well. So that's the practice of the day-to-day of the journal. Fantastic. What I like about the journal is that, number one, you emphasize at the very beginning of the book, it's not about perfection. It's about just recording your true thoughts for the day, your intentions. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, in essence, as you do it over a period of time, you're actually going on a voyage of self-discovery. Yes. It's pretty powerful from that perspective because we don't pay attention as much to ourselves as we are constantly in the environment that we're in or the people we come into contact with. This is coming home. Well, guess what? that success starts from you first and then going outward. And that's what this journal does for me. Awesome. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. One of the areas I thought was very, very important, and you mentioned that just now a little bit, is why celebrating the good stuff is important. 
Yeah, I think I think the best one of the best analogies for this is if you think about your bank account, right? Mm-hmm. So the more deposits you make into this space of doing well, um, being proficient, being kind, being caring, whatever that thing is that you're celebrating, the more deposits you have, then the times where you didn't show up so often, because we all have those days or moments, um, you have a place to draw down from. So you don't have to go from the right into the I stink and I'm horrible and la 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 spiral that will happen in the space of, you know, you're not greater moments in life. You actually can have a place, be it in your mind, in your journal, um, wherever other places I have a sunshine board and a sunshine book in my world um, because those bad days and moments are going to come. I promise you they're going to come and to have a place to go to say, yes, this happened. Yes, this is my part in this mess. And guess what? I can and will be accountable to clean it up um, in whatever space that that is. And, um, you know, Johnny, here I had some people be really incongruent with themselves and do some pretty not nice things. Um, and some points, some pretty horrific things. And they come back to the space of, whoa, that was so incongruent with what I said I'm up to. Mm-hmm. My reaction or my behavior was um, nasty or hurtful to another person or a group of people. And I want to true that up. So often, mm-hmm. in fact, I was talking to my son about this the other night on a phone call. I've asked him, have you ever gone back? He's 25, so he doesn't have a whole history of this. But, you know, have you ever gone back in your life and cleaned up something that you knew wasn't good, something that you could have done better knowing who you are now versus who you were then? And we were talking about the value of that activity where it's appropriate. Um, And this having this bucket of good stuff gives you the gumption and the, the, the cast of character and the alignment to your ethical code to be mm-hmm. able to go do those things when you need to. Very interesting. How does grace contribute to the process? <laughs> well, what I'll say is grace becomes um, everything at this point. So when you are in, in a space of gratitude, by default, you're not judging. Curiosity enters, and you start to ask questions about things where before you just categorized it wrong or right or good or bad, now you might be in a place of inquiry about a situation or a person. And in that space, you are extending grace both to your own soul to be in the inquiry and certainly to, if it is in relationship to another human being, certainly you are offering them grace to be in the inquiry to understand and to allow them to show up as something different than the judgment you were placing on them. Very interesting. I love the way you had set up the book into different sections and so forth. One of the part of the journal that I really enjoy is the page titled The Gratitude in Action. What is that page for? Yeah, so you had asked me earlier, I think I mentioned, you know, that people get stuck in, yeah, okay, I want to do a gratitude mm-hmm. practice, but what is it and how do I do it? So. There's definitely the internal piece, which is your daily entries to self. Um, And then there's the part where you're doing so much internal digestion and and inquiry that it's nice to lift your head up and look out beyond yourself. So about once a week, the cadence is you'll see this page flash up that has a quote and 
gives you an idea about some action that's outside focus for the most part. Some of them are internal, but most of them are external. And the purpose for that is to be in a space where you're sharing your grace and gratitude as you're developing it with another human, creating new experiences and new conversations as a result of this new practice. When we take it out, gratitude outside of ourselves and extend it and share it, we actually change the, the molecules and the vibration of both ourselves and if there's another person, but probably most importantly, as we're doing that, we're also changing it around us in our environment. And I think if you can think through how that could have a really nice multiplier to it, specifically where leaders are concerned and they're managing hundreds of people, um, everything just gets better. So true. One of the things that I like about the gratitude in action pages is that you have wonderful suggestions for them. And let's talk about one of the pages. Okay. Why is sharing one superpower critical in the journey? Yeah, I, I love this. So uh, it's critical because, it first of all, it creates an awareness that you have one, right, with yourself. Mm -hmm. And typically that awareness when, you're, when you align it with your gratitude practice also creates an accountability with yourself. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you start to share that with people, imagine the uh, really cool opportunities that will start to show up for you to be highly accountable for that superpower for the humanity, right? So one of, and an example would be, you know, one of the things that I would say is my superpower is my ability to hold space for people when there's high levels of conflict to help them, right? I'm not resolving it, but to just keep it safe so that resolution can be identified and moved into. If I share that with you um, mm -hmm. and I can demonstrate competency in that space, then I have more opportunity to be that and do that and add that superpower into the collective and then you get to add yours, and your neighbor gets to add theirs, and all of a sudden that vibration and that level of compassion, love, and kindness for humanity rises. And I would say that's needed more now than ever. Very interesting. Another page that I really like, I thought it was funny when I got to this page, is the idea behind sending someone a balloon. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so... Can you, if you just stop for a minute and maybe close your eyes and just think, you're out for a walk and someone just comes up to you and hands you a big red, blue, yellow, doesn't matter, balloon, and says, have a good day. Tell me what's happening for you in that space in that moment. It's fantastic. It just sort of shocked me and put a smile on my face. Yeah. And so if we could do that hundreds of times across an area or thousands or millions of times, I, I just think that that would be fun, right? And that, mm -hmm. that joy that you're evoking both in the giving and the receiving of a simple balloon seems pretty important. So true. From a receiving end, the initial thing is like, whoa, it's shocked. What's going on? And you just say, no, this is just yep. for you. And yeah. you sort of like, okay, that's great. By putting myself in the moment of receiving, I feel great. And then from the giving side, it's like if you're in that moment, that thousand of a second, it just feels so wonderful that you are in the position of giving and giving there's something inside of you that just sort of like 
is so electrifying, so to speak. Yeah, so like it a is, better tell. No, it is. And like, for example, um, I can remember seeing certain things out there in video where there was a young man that just gave free hugs. And at first, mm-hmm. culturally, we're like, that's just weird. And then we can all settle into that would be really, that feels really good. Um, and, and giving without strings attached is a really big act of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast uh, available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Alexis Thompson. She's a board-certified coach, keynote speaker, executive coach, a member of the Forbes Coach Council, and creator of the Tribal Gratitude Journal. Through her own practice, education, and work, Alexis found that gratitude is the key to living a life by design. We're having a conversation about her spiritual journey and how the Tribal Gratitude Journal can help transform your life through gratitude, curiosity, and self-awareness. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Alexis, one of the action that you talk about in the book that is very interesting, and I'm going to put my two sentences after you answer this question. How does writing a letter to someone using pen and paper contribute to your journey? So oftentimes, um, um, let me see how to articulate this. So oftentimes when we move through life at a pretty rapid pace Mm -hmm. and we receive gifts from others, it's not that we're not thankful in the moment of it, because most often I think probably most of us are. I would say it is rare for most of us to sit down and catalog that in a way that we can re-gift it back to the person we received the gift from so that it equally mm-hmm. goes back and fills their soul up. Be it your parent, your teacher, your mentor, your friend, it doesn't matter who those people are. But what happens is, is when we can receive the gift, however long ago, um, and then be able to articulate the value of the gift back to the person who sent it to us, A, that's joy for them for sure. It, and it also starts to recreate that loop, that infinity loop of that giving and receiving where you're promoting back to that person, hey, this was a value. So if you write me a letter that, hey, thanks, Lexi, for Alexis, for this thing, um, I go, oh, that was a value. And I will most likely offer that more to the world than I might have not having had that feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, now, so what did you want to say? Years ago, I was taught the fact that as we are slowly moving towards the technology of times, where it's so easy to just tweet a thank you to someone or iMessage and obviously an email. Taking time to write on paper tells that person who's receiving it that they are special because it does take time and effort. And it's much more difficult. No matter how fluid you are in writing, it's always a lot faster to send an email. By using pen and paper and writing your thoughts down, it elevates your thought process exactly like you were talking about, the sense of appreciation that you have for the other person, the receiver, is much more grandeur. And the person who receives it will feel that automatically when they get a handwritten note. Yeah, there is an energy that transfers in the handwritten note for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is reaching out to a mentor or a teacher and expressing the value they've added to your life 
very important? Um, so I, I have like a response both from, for me as teacher and coach, why those things are important for me to receive. And then mm-hmm. there's the, there's the, the, the perception. I don't know if it's reality or not, but if you think about, mm-hmm. just think about our teacher landscape in general, right. In America and yeah. how so many people give so much of who they are at so many different space spaces along your life continuum that it feels to me, and I, there's science behind it, that the slowing down and offering that feedback back is almost mm-hmm. like the minimum, right? It's, it's just the thing that the thank you, even if it's just a thank you, which seems to be lost sometimes, um, right. uh, back to the person that added the value to your life completes the completes the cycle in some way, both for you and for them. And in so doing, again, as I mentioned prior, helps create more circles to have the opportunity to be experienced by that teacher and many more students. I agree. Totally agree with that. I have experienced that myself personally, obviously in sending my gratitude to people that have impacted my life, but certainly the greatest reward is receiving that acknowledgement from someone that you help along the way. And not only yeah. that, this is the interesting part. Most of the time, the gratitude that you get from someone else when you least expected it, or let me put it this way, from a value standpoint of view, to you it might be a penny, to them is a dollar bill. And so when it comes back, that gratitude is coming back with the value of a dollar bill rather than a penny, and you will feel it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I agree, right? That's the interest over time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the greatest challenge for someone to successfully complete the tribal gratitude Mm. journal? Yeah, I think this is like most practices. It's it's, um, The first one is the desire for perfection. So that one's got to be let, I, I think this journal is designed in a way that hopefully people can let that go and it won't be evident in the pages if failure meant equal not being there for a day or a week or whatever. Um, so it's letting go of perfection is the first part. And then the other one is a commitment, just like any practice, the gym, your diet, anything else, is the commitment to just keep persevering through it. This first journal will be the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. because the, this, it's about six months if you were to go day for day for day, and it's going to take that long for it to find an anchoring and find a, the, for you to be able to articulate and resource out the value that you're experiencing it starts to happen in about two and a half to three months, and then you start to be able to be actually experiencing some of the actual experiences and or things that you've been manifesting throughout the journal at the end of this first journal. Is the journal for everyone? You know, <laughs> I'd like to say yes, and I because I firmly believe so. But the, <laughs> and the truth is that while it may be for everyone, it isn't for everyone today. And what I mean when I say that is that there's going to be times in in your human journey where it's going to make more sense than others. So if it's when you're 20 or 30 or 50 or 70, it doesn't so much matter. Um, I would assert that acquiring an, an attitude of gratitude earlier on in life creates some resilience for you. So there's some 
actual reasons why to start early. Um, but, you know, it, to each their own. I, I believe that the people that it is for will find it and it will find them. And that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Where can someone go to buy their tribal gratitude journal, get more information about you and keep up with your latest happenings? Yeah. So I have my uh, personal author uh, website. It's uh, alexisthompson.com. Uh, it's spelled A-L-E-X-S-Y-S Thompson.com. And then also on our company page, I'm sure we could find it at Tribal Performance as well. Wonderful. There's, it's not some, yeah, it's not some local bookstores, but it, it is not on Amazon, and there aren't plans for it to go there. Yeah. How has the creation of the Tribal Gratitude Journal impacted you personally? Um, so I will tell you that I think I hinted earlier I'm a pretty big introvert, even though I'm out in the mm-hmm. public. Some people wouldn't know that, but I am. And so this journal process of actually taking something that I've developed and putting it into the world has been very humbling and very nerve wracking, right? Rejection and all the things that all those fearful things that could be a a part of the process. Ultimately though, I'm able, it's helping me find my unique voice and offer my unique proposition into the world and let the world decide if it's needed or wanted from there. Very interesting. So what happens when people complete their journals? Well, um, so when you complete the journal, then that means, yeah, you've got a gratitude practice well underway. You're going to have six months of looking at things differently. The world will not look the same. It will not feel the same. You will probably be inspired to refine you, which is an awesome outcome. There will be, there is a second journal in production right now that. Um, takes the gratitude journal and expands upon it to help someone mine for their personal vision mission statement and have that at the, the end of the journal too. So it's going to mm-hmm. be designed um, with all the tools with it to be a year long process um, in refining and finding self and being able to show up in a way that is congruent with who you say you are. Fantastic. What do you have to say to someone who is teetering on the concept of, oh, my God, I have to journal every day or at least every other day? What would you tell them? <laughs> yeah. So I, get this, I have this conversation with every single executive that I bring on, right, um, for all <laughs> kinds of different reasons. So I, I'm used to the conversation, and I simply say just get started. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't do that stuff. Don't find a reason not to. Um, I probably have more leverage with someone I'm engaged in coaching, but at the end of the day, um, if, if you sit still and your internal gut, let's say, says, I know I should, then stop there and just get moving and don't look for perfection. Mm-hmm. So true. And I would add, too, if you're on a mission of discovering yourself, because we're always looking for things out there, and like you say earlier, this book is not for everyone, but uh-huh. if you are in that space, that sort of, who am I? My situation is not quite the way I thought it's going to be. This is a book, basically a journal that you want to get because this journal will help you collect your thoughts in a very methodical way and help you to look back 
And the journal is about you, not about your environment. Yeah. Yeah, I thank you for that. So it's a little bit different than, say, just recording things because this journal allows you to not only record the day, but it actually prompts you to plan for the day, which is very different. Yeah. Yeah, the planning and then the reflection are the crucial right. parts of a gratitude practice. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Coming back to the journal itself, one of the things that I really like about it is that you have motivational quotes all over. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was fun. So um, I have uh, affinity for quotes and po- poetry, so I have mm-hmm. a pretty massive collection. And I will tell you, it was heartbreaking at some points to have to say there's only so many that I can include. <laughs> I said, at one point in the original draft, I was like, there probably needs to be a quote in the beginning and the quote at the end of the day. And then when you right. look at typeset and space, you just had to not do that. But uh, it, it was a fun experience. I think quotes have the, like any other thing in, that you take in, the opportunity to influence you. Some will resonate, others won't. Um, yeah, I, did, I think I start my day with a quote every day and Let's just put it into my practice. So, Very interesting. Yeah. Well, we're coming close towards the end of the show. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with all our listeners this morning? Yeah, um, I, I would. I have six ingredients in my uh, recipe, and um, they actually are the foundational values for the company that I'm blessed enough to say I lead. So the first one is to have that abundance mindset where you see that there's plenty and your behavior aligns to it. Um, and this isn't a Pollyanna perspective. It's kind of where you come from and your orientation to any situation you're in. The second one is to create safety um, for yourself and others. That's both, you know, physical, emotional, and uh, psychological uh, and trustful environments. The third is to practice kind candor to be able to speak your truth in a manner that is both safe, compassionate, um, and honoring of all people involved. Um, the fourth is to respect time. This is one of those things in humanity that we have a construct for, and I find that it is your respect of your time and others is also a, a great show of love and appreciation for um, yourself and them. Um, fifth is no surprise to be know thyself, right? That's kind of a mm-hmm. large part of who I am, and in fact, my last name, Thompson, if you look at the crest for that, it is to know thyself, which is kind of ironic. And then the <laughs> sixth um, one is to have fun. So I decided a long time ago um, that I was going to create work that I had fun doing um, because I also knew having fun was a, a good learning space for many other people that were into the things that I was into. And so with those six ingredients, um, I would say I'm manifesting and living a life that I have designed and is congruent with the core of who I am here to be on this, at this time in this space. Fantastic. And Alexis, you are the living proof of the recipe that you just shared. Ah, thank you, Donnie. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of hard work. So even if someone doesn't see that for themselves, I definitely can promise that one step in front of the other can you can design your own map and get where you're supposed to go. 
So true, so true. Alexis, thank you for the wonderful recipes, for living, and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, January 16th. My guest will be Dr. Leona Stuckey. She is the author of The Fork of Truth, the recently released memoir about her life growing up in the Mennonite community in Kansas. Dr. Leona Stuckey and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Alexis, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, Johnny. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more.